Welcome to the Scale and Skyrocket Your Business podcast with me, your host, Law Bradley. So if you're looking for super smart ways to scale your business and build a business that serves you and not the other way around, then stay with me as every fortnight I'll be sharing my simple time smart training and advice on how you can lead and scale your business by working smarter and not harder. So in episode 61, I talked about how to find and leverage those top 20% of your clients who are generating around 80% of your revenue. And I also talked about how you could capitalize on those clients who are nudging your business closer towards success. Okay, so I had lots of great feedback from you that you really enjoyed that episode and you found the tips useful. And I mentioned that I'd be touching on what you could do to tackle the remaining 80% of your client base that might not be serving your business as effectively as it could and what you can do to better leverage what isn't working so well. So if you haven't checked out that episode, then I highly recommend you do that. So we've already focused on the top 20% of your revenue generating client base in that episode. And in today's episode, I'm going to be talking about what's happening in the 80% of your client base who aren't nudging your business closer to success. And then I'm going to talk about what you can do with the 80% of your client base or other parts of your business that may not be performing so well. Okay, so let's get started. I've got lots of great tips for you today, so I'll try and be as succinct as I can and just get straight to the point with it. So in episode 61, I talk about the 80-20 principle, and in that episode, we covered the 20% revenue generators. So we're going to talk about if you're focusing on the 20 20% of revenue generators in your business, then what does that remaining 80% look like? And it kind of looks a little bit like this. And it's important to bear in mind here that the 80-20 principle isn't an exact science, but it's usually the case where there will be imbalances in your business of reward versus effort. So for example, If 20% of your clients are likely to be generating 80% of your revenue, then in today's episode, we're flipping that on its head. And we're saying that 80% of your clients are probably contributing to generating just 20% of your revenue. So just let that sink in for a minute. 80% of your clients are probably contributing to generating just 20% of your revenue. So do you see where I'm going to go with this in this episode? And if you're a course creator, for example, you'll usually see that around 20% of your students or your members will be completing over 80% of the program and taking action. So that means the remaining 80% of your clients purchasing digital products or courses from you are likely not to take action and they may not complete their journey or see the transformation that they really wanted to come to fruition. And and if 20% of your client base are making repeat purchases, then that means that invariably 80% probably aren't. And that's a heck of a lot of people. 
And also, if you're running a membership platform or if you're delivering services of any kind, then it's usually the case that 20% of your clients will renew their service agreements or their membership fees. And around a whopping 80% won't take further action to renew for, for one reason or another. And next, if 20% of your client base or your audience are your biggest brand or your biggest personal cheerleaders, then the remaining 80% may be inactive, disengaged, or not actively interested in your brand. And lastly, if 20% of your audience will be ready to buy from you when you reach out to them via your launches, your promotions, or through your email list, then you guessed it. It's highly likely that the remaining 80% are not ready to buy from you if you reach out to them. That's actually a lot to take in, isn't it? And those examples are why it's important not to just focus on your 20% of your top revenue generators, but to actually figure out what to do with those clients who are sitting down in that 80%. And it's easy to feel disheartened by stats and figures when they're spun around like that. But there are so many opportunities in here to tap into those 80% and to shift them into your 20%. And I'm going to tell you how to do that in this episode. So all of this in itself could be a mammoth podcast topic, but I'm just going to touch on the most impactful things that you can do to make a smart assessment on what's not working so well and what you can do to turn that around. So some of those examples of the 80% that I've just recapped for you can be tweaked to maximize performance and revenue, but it's worth bearing in mind that some of the 80% just might not be worth the effort to address. And this is where you need to take that decision as the leader of your business with what to do next. So you need to work out what is worth your effort to improve Otherwise, you could risk wasting your time on things which really aren't going to propel your business further forward. So let's talk about how to maximize revenue out of those 80% of clients who aren't actively contributing to the success of your business, because there are huge opportunities tucked away in there that are ripe for the taking. Okay, so let's get started with looking at the 80% of clients who aren't helping you to generate those higher revenues or to make those high ticket sales. You'll need to work out why that is. And an example of this for me is 20% of my own clients work with me one to one. And approximately the other 80% of my client base are part of my 8020 Club Passive DIY online program. Now, the pricing for the DIY program is much lower than my high ticket one to one work. So I used to run that particular DIY offering as a live group mentoring program some time ago. And I sought feedback from clients who told me that. Everything in the program seemed quite self-explanatory and it was proven to work. It was transformational and they loved that they could just get on with it themselves and that they could do the work in their own time. So basically what I did was I stopped the live mentoring element in the program and I continue to maintain it as an on-demand offering, which is 100% passive revenue for me. 
Now, that really was a smart move because it enables me to focus on my 20% of clients who are my higher revenue generators, but I can still serve 80% of my client base who don't actually need me to be present in that particular offering. So I'm just going to say there that if you're running a group program with a lower ticket price and you're feeling tempted to switch that over to an on-demand only offering, then just make sure that you've proven your offering first before you do that. So once you've demonstrated your live course offering or your program transforms the lives of your clients, then it's time to consider switching over to a DIY offering. So you don't want to do that too soon before you've proven those things. And if you're a service-based business, then what you need to do is understand your paying clients. So why some are spending less with you and where they are in their journey with you and then pinpoint the revenue opportunities that you might be missing. So if you recall, I mentioned at the start of this episode that 80% of your clients purchasing digital products or courses are likely not to take action, or they may not be completing their journey, or even seeing that transformation happen for them. And again, you'll need to understand why that is. And the fastest way to do that is, and yet it's not rocket science, is to actually go and speak to some of your clients for their constructive feedback and then decide if it's worth the effort or the financial investment for you to take action to address their feedback. Now, one of the things I've personally made the mistake over is always providing too much content as a way of providing a feeling of value for money. And I've learned that too much content creates overwhelm for the client and it's really not the way to bring them to success. And I think I've I've definitely, I've got a money block lurking in there around over delivering content in return for a feeling of value for money. So as part of seeking feedback from my 80% of clients doing my online program who said they had information overload was then to strip my 80-20 club program right back to the 20% of the most transformational content. And doing this has cut the overwhelm for my clients and they're now more likely to complete my program because it's transformational, it's doable, and it's not overwhelming. And if you're a course creator, you'll need your clients to finish their journey because of this one thing. Your clients will likely talk about your course to others, and you don't want them to say, oh, well, I bought so-and-so's course, and I didn't bother to finish it. And if they're saying that, then that speaks volumes about your program. And even if it's transformational and brilliantly executed. So you want to avoid that happening. Okay, so let's move on to my next example that I spoke of at the start of this episode, and that's 80% of your client base won't be making repeat purchases, or they won't be renewing service agreements, or perhaps not renewing their membership fees. So again, if you're seeing this in your business, then your first port of call is to contact your clients, seek constructive feedback from them on how you can improve your offerings. And then if you're picking up on common themes from your clients, 
then decide if these are improvements that are worth making. So by that, I mean, will the improvements you could make boost your profitability? Could they help you to grow your business in the long term? And if they will, then go and make the corrections to your services. And if they don't, then think long and hard about the return on investment that's actually going to bring your business in terms of financial gains or to your client experience. And if you're not currently offering an opportunity for those 80% of clients who aren't generating the top revenues to make repeat purchases or to purchase, say, a premium upgrade or the opportunity to renew working with you, then now is the time to review your offerings and tap into that upsell or that recurring revenue that's just there for the taking. So another reason that clients might not be repurchasing is they are no longer using your service for whatever reason that is, be it lack of need or not finding it fit for purpose, or they might also, in fact, be rolling off as expected. So with my own consultancy business, my personal ethos is not to handcuff my clients to me, but to empower them so that they can in the future work independently from me and then they can come back to me to fine tune their business if they need it. Now, most of my clients will roll off my one to one intensives and then they'll move into a retainer arrangement with me, which gives them much more flexibility in scope. So that's my upsell or my repeatable recurring income element to what I offer as my standard service. Now, again, you might be experiencing clients rolling off or not upgrading if your offerings are too expensive. And if you suspect that's the case, then I'm not going to advise dropping your prices here. So don't fall into that mindset. But instead, refresh your value proposition. Now, I do have a great podcast episode that walks you through how to do that. And I'll leave that for you in the show notes. So do go and check that out. So what should you do if you're noticing your clients rolling off and not purchasing upsells or not renewing your services when you intend them to? Well, I'm sure you'll already guess this, but first and foremost, make it your business to reach out and talk to your clients and get feedback and find out how they're feeling and what's happening in their journey through your service and what you can do to improve their experience. And you wouldn't believe how many business owners don't seek feedback from their clients. So always make client feedback a core part of your business operations. So also, I want you to re-engage your clients and start to remind them and reconnect them with the transformational value of the offering that they purchase from you and interact with those clients throughout your relationship with them and give them the best client experience that you possibly can. Now, I have a great episode where I talk about how to go the extra mile for your clients and how to retain your clients. So I'm going to leave the links to those in the show notes. So basically, what you want to be doing here is re-engaging those 80% of your less active client base with your offerings and make them aware of any new things that you might have that they might not be aware of. Okay, so one thing to bear in mind here is if you're seeing a large proportion of your client base, so that's the lower performing 80%, then don't wait for them to reach out to you with their problems. Make sure that you're engaging them proactively. 
it's much easier to turn things around if you're proactive than if you're sat waiting for them to come to you with potentially negative feedback. All right, so let's move on and talk about your business brand. So if roughly 20% of your clients are your biggest brand cheerleaders, then you know what that means. That means that 80% of your clients are not going to be your biggest brand or your biggest personal cheerleaders. And while that feels huge when we look at it this way, doesn't it? And the reason why this is one of the most important things to have your clients as your cheerleaders or ambassadors for your business is, is one of the cheapest and the easiest ways to grow and market your business. So your clients are basically doing the heavy lifting for you. And when you're running a service-based business, it's going to make your lead generation much easier when existing clients are referring new people for you to work with. And it's such a smart way of working. And if you have lots of clients on your list to reach out to, then I would suggest considering inviting them to a focus group session or bring them onto a group call. Now, I usually speak to my high ticket clients individually. And then those who are working through my DIY programs, I will reach out and I'll schedule a group call for them so that I can listen to their feedback. So again, if your referral rate is generally quite low, then go and reach out to your existing clients and seek feedback. On top of doing this, I like to send my clients a thank you when they refer others on to me. So I will usually thank them with around 10% of my fee. And that is generally around four plus figures usually. And it means my clients can then go and treat themselves to something nice or even take their team out for a slap up lunch. So other things to dig into if you're looking to boost your rate of referrals or even to better connect with clients so that they become your brand cheerleaders is to revisit what you stand for. So go back to your foundations and back to your core values. And I want you to ask yourself, do my core values still resonate with who I am today? And are your core values weaved into all your messaging on your website, to your subscribers and in your marketing? So I do have a great episode where I talk about how to tap into your unique selling points or your UVP and also one called how to stand out in a crowded marketplace. So you can check out the links to both of those episodes also in the show notes. Okay, and lastly, so if up to or around 20% of your audience or your subscriber list uh, will buy from you when you reach out to them, then let's flip that on its head and say that means that up to 80% of your subscribers won't buy from you when you reach out to them. Now, I actually think this is quite normal. And if 20% of your audience are buying from you when you reach out to them, then to be honest, that's a pretty healthy conversion rate, especially if you're selling high ticket offerings. But when you're growing a successful business, which I know you are, then your focus should be 
always at looking at how you can improve your current conversion rates. Now, I'm just going to leave you with a few tips on how you can increase your conversion rates. Now, there really are so many things that can negatively or positively impact your conversion rates, but these are probably the key ones to start focusing on. The first one is to make sure that you're getting really clear in your sales pitches so that you're clear on what you're selling and specifically talking to what the transformation actually will be for your clients. So make your offerings compelling. The next one is having a clearly laid out website that's super easy to navigate with clear messaging that resonates with your target clients is going to help you to boost your conversion rate. And another one, and this one is a huge bugbear of mine when people don't declare their pricing on their website. So when I see websites that ask me to complete a form to receive a phone call to discuss pricing, it really puts me off. And I'm sure this will no doubt be putting off prospective buyers if you're also doing this. So if your pricing isn't straightforward, then you can always put some indicative pricing on your website or you can include a sample client case study which has been priced. And, you know, publishing pricing actually weeds out the tire kickers and it weeds out those who really can't afford your service because the last thing you want to do is get onto a discovery call to discuss pricing and then find out 20 minutes later that that potential client can't afford to work with you anyway. So that's time wasted. Okay, so lastly, and this one is a biggie, make sure that you have a clear and well-planned out sales funnel. So what that means is having a clear end-to-end journey mapped out to encourage your would-be client to join you and then to map out how you'll take the payment, how you're going to onboard your client how you're going to nurture them through the journey with you, and most importantly, how they will then reinvest in you over the longer term. Okay, so that's it for today. So go and look into the 80% versus the 20% in your own business. Double down on the 20% that's generating your revenue. And don't forget to see what amazing opportunities to boost the revenue opportunities that are tucked away in those 80%. So good luck and have a great rest of day. Thanks for listening and go and find your 80 and 20% and skyrocket your business.